And if you are going to affect a culture of an organization, then you need to make sure the learning is good quality. So whenever you're trying to change an organization, make sure your learning is, is relevant, make sure it's customized to the organization, make sure it's attractive, and make sure it looks more like a documentary than a PowerPoint presentation. Hi, I'm Duncan Pryor, digital transformation consultant and host of the Making Things Work podcast. I love looking for innovative and creative ways to make work better so that we can get the balance right in our lives and have seen how leadership and teams can accomplish that. In this podcast series, we meet a group of executive leaders who understand what leadership means to them and their approach to delivering transformation and change in the workplace so that teams achieve great things and people see their careers flourish. Today, we're talking to Emil Reiser-Weston, MD of eLearning WMB, an organization that's been helping companies use learning management systems to build performing organizations for over 20 years and which recently launched Open Elms, which has been described as the Netflix of e-learning. Welcome, Emil. Thank you very much, Duncan. What was your vision behind creating the Netflix of e-learning? Ah, well, the Netflix of e-learning. So to find out why we wanted to create something that was easy to use, you have to go through to my background, which permeates through, through the ethos of the company. I'm an ergonomist by trade, which means that we design things that are easy to use. As a result of which, we wanted to design an e-learning system which was easy to use, required no training. What ergonomists do is they look for, when they're designing something, they look for similarities in the environment where people know how to use something and then they can apply that to their design. Something like Windows, for instance, um, was used by Bill Gates. Yeah. What we did is we looked at a system that was inherent in popular culture, which people required no teaching to use, but did a similar thing to what we wanted it to do. And we chose Netflix or any video streaming service, really. I mean, we get our cues from all of those elements. And we put it into a design of a learning management system, which would essentially require no training to use. And that's why we produced Open Elms, the Netflix of e-learning. It is really thinking from that ergonomical point of view, it was fundamental to the thinking of the platform right from the outset. Yes, I mean, we designed it from the onset to require no training. That was essentially the creed of what we were all about. Yeah. And then we brought that through not just into the learner experience, which is akin to the view of videos in Netflix, but we also brought that into the back end of the system. So with respect to the design of the dashboards for management and administrators, we designed that in an ergonomic way. So instead of a data-driven design process, i.e. here's your data, you sort out what to do with it. What we did is we examined the roles of each of the person using it. So whether you're a curriculum developer, a manager, a compliance manager, a quality assurer, we looked at the main tasks those people would want to use the system for, then drew those out into the interface and then presented in a left to right sequence. So instead of actually trying to work out how to use each system, what you're doing is essentially you're reading the system in order to use it. So you're going from left to right, reading the buttons, pressing the buttons, doing the task which the buttons ask you to do. And voila, when you get to the end, when you get to the right-hand side of the screen, you've completed the process which you need to do as part of your job in using the system. So again, the theory is eliminate training from system design and you have a much more attractive system to users. It's picked up quicker and people just generally enjoy using it. And that means that the training courses that are devised are much more built into the world of work that the person who actually consumes the training ends up getting. The training content, it can be anything. The system design is separate from the training content. We do design tools as well, which allow you to build your own training content. So really, you can really put whatever you want to into it, whether you want to create your own e-learning courses in your browser with people walking on, talking to you. It's all very easy to do using the system. 
or you can import your own content, or you can use any of our library of e-learning content in there. And we have stuff that deals with everything from corporate social responsibility to dealing with employees who, who are cocaine users. I mean, basically anything you want to. Is yes. In there. Yeah, yeah. Within reason. Yes. Does that mean then that rather than companies going to an external provider and buying a course, uh, someone like myself as a manager, I could devise my own course for my own team or for a function that I sit in, and it can just be much closer to what's really going on rather than something that just appears from outside that becomes some sort of mandatory training. Yes, yeah, no, precisely. Taking this usability through, we have this system called Open Arms Creator, which you can learn to use it in between three and five minutes. I mean, we use it in-house for producing e-learning courses. Yeah. I mean, what used to take two, three weeks, now it's take two, three days to produce using the system. So it's very easy to produce. The learning curve is less than something like PowerPoint, but the resultant course you produce at the end of the day is very professional, very slick. Because all the last 20, 25 years of development, um, images and animations and video production that we've been carrying out has all gone into this one product. Yes. So you're not starting from scratch. You're basically just taking bits that we've done before and combining them into something that looks quite beautiful at the end of the day. Yeah, fascinating. And in the past, we talked about the fact you've had these ideas such as using this sort of Dragon's Den type concept in the e-learning courses that you devise. Yes. Rather than having an external course where there's actors appearing. It could be members of the teams themselves or me or anyone else. It could be those actors that are in the course that we're devising for ourselves because we recognize the need for it. Precisely. I mean, with um, organizations, we bring them into our green screen studio, we shoot them, or even clients can do that themselves. Oh, right. uh, they can even import their own videos themselves if they wanted to. So it's a full production service. So whether they want to come to us to do that work or they want to do it themselves, it's entirely up to them. And essentially, you can produce your own induction program in your own atrium, your CEO can be there welcoming you to the company and then it can go on through there so you can customize it so you can have links to your own procedure documents, your own policies. Yeah. It can be completely tailored for your organizations. There are many reasons why e-learning has a bad rap. One of them is that training is generic. You don't get stuff that's tailored for your organization. I think it's very important when you're training someone that that content applies to you directly. Yes. It's your own experience. So if you're doing a CSR course, you want to see statements and policies that, that apply to your company, not something that's very generic and could mean anything. You can get to a, such a generic stage with some e-learning that has no value at all. We try to give that level of customizability to all our e-learning so you can really tailor it for your organization. I mean, one thing we've done recently is we've integrated Amazon Alexa's voice engine called Polly. So now any e-learning course that you're doing, if you change the text, it also changes the voiceover as well. So instead of having an actor doing the voiceover, you can have this Alexa whatever one of the characters they've got. Yeah. And they could do the voiceover. It sounds really good. And it means that you can instantly translate your course into another language. You can change the content and you don't need to spend a lot of money in getting voiceover actors in. Yes, you do like something a little bit in between. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to have your CEO walking in and then you want to have the rest of it voiced over by Alexa, you can do that. And it works fine. It yeah, works amazing. well. Just explain how you've done that for a client uh, recently, how this is starting to come together. Perhaps explain some of the differences between the world we're talking about here than the old days where you're having more traditional sort of learning modules. Yes. And I mean, an example would be ESS. It's the next Hadron Collider. They're doing a, a new project. Yes. And Hadron <laughs> Part 2, let's call it. Yes. They're using the system to create their own e-learning from scratch and then obviously carry it out in the learning management system. They're developing it all from scratch in many different languages with voiceover, taking images of their production facilities. So it's really is customized entirely to their organization. They're basing all their e-learning on our package. 
For instance, we have COVID courses. They're taking those COVID courses, they're adapting them for their organization, but also producing stuff from scratch, like orientation courses and stuff. And it's lovely to see a client really sort of embracing the whole system like that and um, just creating a library for a very large project that's totally suited to them. Mm. It couldn't really be done with anything else other than getting a production company involved and spending a lot of money on producing and earning. But, um, you know, the guys at ESS, they're doing a wonderful job themselves. Yeah, and you make a great point about the induction side of things. You see so much content coming through on LinkedIn about the importance of induction and welcoming new members of staff. Everyone's trying to make the welcome of a new member of staff as enjoyable an experience as possible. But it is a challenge because there's always so much going on mm. and it's a lot of stuff to organise. You've mentioned it a few times now, that's coming through as a theme where open arms can really help that induction process. Induction is traditionally very dull or very hurried. If it's done well, it takes people away from the workplace. So there are better ways of doing it. A standard e-learning course can come across as quite dry, PowerPointy, as you were. Yes. Uh, but if you do something that has people walking in and out of, put a bit of design flair to it, it becomes something you actually want to see. Good e-learning can affect culture in a business in that way. Changing the culture is something that the platform is helping with more and more. Yes, yeah, no, certainly. We've done a lot of different types of programming. I mean, a couple of years ago, we did one with... Um, David Schneider, the actor. And who yes, I'm seeing that, yes. Yeah, yeah, introduced some comedy into it. And that got like, 98% approval rates. The more interesting you can make your learning, the more chance you have of affecting change in an organisation. Yes, just because there are situations where it's a challenge to sort of pull it all together. But I've also been in situations where I've been on uh, induction programmes in different countries. There's companies that have the sort of luxury of being able to do that. Sort of starting to bridge that gap, really, get almost as good an experience right there on the desk. Yeah, if you can do it well. And we also do have the ability within our platform to integrate it with Teams and Zoom and Cisco. So you can have that personal one-to-one interaction as well as part of a blended approach. So for instance, with an induction, you can have a meeting with your line manager or welcome meeting. It could be with you. It could be with a number of your fellow cohort. And that can be recorded and that can then sit on your e-portfolio system, as it were. You can have this whole array of learning, be it live learning and e-learning, YouTube videos, et cetera, and they can all sit on your portfolio so you can access it at any time. Yeah. So for instance, if you miss your meeting with your line manager or this presentation by your CEO uh, one-to-one on Zoom, it can be automatically recorded and then you can go back and have a look at it at any time. We've touched on it a little bit, but how do you see Open Elms and this approach as supporting a digital transformation, as supporting the people element of a digital transformation that's so important? I think if you're bringing people through, it goes back to what I was talking about before, you've got to have learning that is that is relevant to people and is salient and engaging. And if you are going to affect a culture of an organization, then you need to make sure the learning is good quality. If you can produce something that is is interesting, is engaging, uh, looks different, has that a quality of going, oh, what's that? Then people are going to engage with it. So whatever you're trying to change your organization, make sure your learning is is relevant, make sure it's customized for your organization and make sure it's attractive and make sure it looks more like a documentary than a PowerPoint presentation. If you look at your e-learning and go, yeah, that's like a documentary, you're doing something good. If you're looking at your yeah. e-learning and going, that's a PowerPoint presentation, it's not going to make affect real change, but it's not really going to change the way people behave. Yes. Yeah, very, very interesting. What I see at the moment is you have the e-learning that you describe in the old-fashioned way, but the organizations now are so complex that there can be a gap. In my last job, we provided data to insurance companies predictive analytics solutions. The way that's going is that 
the information that the insurance companies will get in the future will come directly from the car itself. The car will actually tell the insurer via a sort of process what's going on because cars now contain all sorts of safety features. And whilst that's relatively easy to explain in a couple of sentences, to actually understand all that so that you can actually do your job is extremely complex and can take years to understand. Mm. There's a huge opportunity, I think, there to sort of bridge that gap so that people can get up to speed more quickly. And then they really are making a significant contribution to the organization. Taking your analogy with the car, it's important to understand the skills, knowledge and behavior of your employees as well and have that on a system. So, um, I mean, uh, with Open Elms, you can map skills, knowledge and behavior to various different learning elements you're doing. And that can then give you credits, which then can then lead to key skills. And you can have those on your portfolio of learning. All our learning is CPD accredited. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, almost like the car, you can just dial it to someone's e-portfolio as a manager. You can see exactly what their skills, knowledge and behavior is and see if they're qualified to do certain tasks. Ray Dalio talks about that in his book, Principles, about having cards for people, a much simpler version of the situation you describe with what people are good at and what they're less good at, but simply so that you can pick the right people to do the things that they're good at and play to their strengths and great results ensue. Mm. But all you're talking about is playing to people's strengths. The situation you describe, I guess, will help companies to do that in a way that isn't terrifying, enabling an employee to, uh, to do something that they enjoy doing and that they're good at. It's evidence-based as well. Right. So you've got the learning behind that past test to show that you have those skills. Shakespeare said, the fool doth think himself wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of wise fools out there who would, um, uh, or foolish wise men, <laughs> I don't know which, <laughs> but who would profess to be able to know stuff which they don't. So uh, I think if you have an evidence-based empirical way of showing that these people have these certain skills that you need in your organization, then it's a good way of, of handling that. Yes. How quickly do you see the adoption of the platform happening? How do you see that panning out over the next few years? There's two things. We're increasingly producing solutions for specific requirements. There's a financial regulation called the SMCR, which is forcing financial institutions yeah. to act in a way that will stop another financial collapse by improper behavior. What that is designed is not just the learning, there's also this compliance system. So we're combining compliance systems, attestation systems, all together into a single solution to deal with a problem. And that problem is complying with these SMCR regulations. So we're making sure that employees in financial institutions are certified. Yeah. That's like combining e-learning, combining the portfolio system. It's this going back to this evidence-based thing, but not just with the learning, with other audits, sign-off of attestations, uploading documentation. So it's really looking at finding solutions and building e-learning into solutions. And the other thing is combining what we call synchronous and asynchronous learning. It's going more onto the blended approach. These two things are different. You would either do a classroom-based course or a Zoom-based course, yeah. and then you would do an e-learning-based course. Separate entities, yes. one you do in your own time, the other one you do at a set time. What we're doing is we're building in functionality, and we've built a lot of functionality already into a system called Open Elms Live, where you combine the two. So like, for instance, a teacher would or a trainer would start a, a training program. You can imagine a teacher in front of a whiteboard or a yes. trainer in front of a whiteboard doing this. And then they'll say, over to you, class, I've got a couple of learning things you want to do. Then they may do some learning, they may do a quiz, they may do a bit of gamification. And then having done that, they would then go back to the, the teacher and the teacher would then do another bit of learning. And the teacher would get immediate feedback on performance, et cetera. Uh, they'd have things like a whiteboard as well if they're doing, doing a Zoom-based course. So what we're talking about is basically combining what's traditionally seen as something you do in your own time uh, yes. with something that's more regimented and done at a certain time and combine those into a single entity. That's the big thing that's been missing from um, going to the schools 
issues at the moment. Schools are doing a lot of their learning on Teams when they're doing it remotely. But most of it's they're just setting work, uploading it to a repository and people are doing work. Yeah. What this is doing is this is really is replicating the classroom-based system within a learning platform. There is a still a pandemic going on, but using this system, you could run your school remotely without worrying about where it is. It's location-based teaching, basically, and location-based training. What we're talking about as well is if you were in a corporation going through some sort of transformation, then you could almost imagine doing the, the training in the way that you described at the start rather than after a system rollout has happened. You can design the training around what the organization is trying to achieve rather than at the end of it, training people on something that's already happened. Yeah, and the key is flexibility. Yeah, It's a very flexible way of delivering the training because you can deliver it anywhere. And it's flexible in that you can change the training as well very easily. There was one thing you wanted us all to take away from today's conversation. What would that be? I think don't settle with what you've got. If you're a learning development manager, an HR manager, look at your e-learning. Ask yourself, how are people using it? Are they engaging with it? Is it going to change the culture of the organization? Or is it a box-ticking exercise? Yeah. Look at your systems. Are they used by people? Do people smile when they use them? Is the amount of training that you need to use these systems too much? Are they being left behind because people don't know how to use them? Is your e-learning, your systems, is it flexible? Does it reflect your organization? Or is it just stuff that's generic off-the-shelf stuff? If the answer to any of those questions are no, then I would invite you to look at other systems out there. Yes. Yeah, fascinating. Well, thanks very much, Emil, for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. Thank What's you, the Duncan. best way of getting in touch with you? You can go to our website at elearningwmb.com or send an email to info at elearningwmb.com and uh, myself or one of my colleagues would be more than happy to, to talk to you. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us today, Emil. Thank you, Duncan. This podcast series is produced by Mark Gardner and Catherine Cunning at Oxford Sound Studios, Oxford, UK.